Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast with Alex Israel. Today, Sefer Nachum, Perek Aleph. And our learning today is dedicated to Chayalei Tzva Haganal Israel, our brave soldiers fighting in Aza for their safety and success, for the swift return of all of the hostages and for the Rufuash Lema of all those injured in this war in Gaza. Welcome to the wonderful world of Nachum, Masa Ninvei Sefer Chazon Nachum HaEl Kashi. What is this book about? Masa Ninvei. Masa is usually a specific type of prophecy, a prophecy which predicts the demise or downfall of a particular kingdom. And this is Masa Ninvei. The book of Nahum is going to predict the fall of Ninvei, the capital of the great Assyrian Empire. It is called Sefer Chazon, and therefore it is a book. The question is whether it was ever spoken or whether it was committed to a book and a chazon, it is a vision of Nahum el Koshi. Nahum, we don't know anything about him. This is a book, a short book, three chapters, 47 verses. It's going to predict the fall of Assyria, of Ashur. And Nahum is from a place called El Kosh. Is that a place in Eretz Israel? Rashi says it is. Other people think that it possibly could be a place called Al Kosh in Iraq right near the Tigris River, across from Ninveh. And in fact, there is an interesting um, place in, in Iraq, near Ninveh, which is a purportedly to be Nahum's tomb. And there is a tradition of Kurdish Jewish community that they would have um, pilgrimages to it, talking about, uh, you know, in memory, uh, you know, some sort of Hilula of Nahum. Uh, so as I say, we don't really know much about Nahum. And the question is when he is living. He is predicting the fall of Assyria. Now, you have to understand that the Assyrian kingdom ruled over Yehuda with an iron fist. Um, the, the Assyrians were completely violent. They, cruelty was a constant in their warfare. Since the beginning of time, they were known to have a reputation for brutality. We're talking about... You know, we know this from their documents and from their tablets and their reliefs and their carvings. A dismemberment, impaling, flaying, beheading. They were, they were pretty cruel. And, uh, you know, we, we can well imagine that people were certainly waiting for their downhaul for. But this is, this is the wild thing, that we have uh, King Ahaz, who is king for 16 years then we have uh, King Chizkiyahu, king for 29 years. And then Manasseh, 55 years. And these were all during the period of Assyrian ascendancy. Ahaz capitulated to Assyria and brought the whole kingdom of Judah to idolatry. Chizkiyahu resisted Assyria and found himself in trouble with the Assyrian Empire, with 46 of his walled cities destroyed. The whole the whole landscape burnt hundreds of thousands of exiles and even Jerusalem threatened Jerusalem saved by a whisker saved by a miracle and the king after him, Manasseh, decided that he would do what his grandfather did and not what his father did Manasseh said, you know what I will capitulate to the Assyrians this meant accepting their control and taking on idolatry wholesale 
And therefore, Menashe is considered to be one of the kings who has no chelet lo haba. It is exactly during the period of Menashe when the Assyrians are at their peak that Seder Olam tells us that Nachum prophesied. I will say there are other views. There are views which say, well, if he predicted so accurately the downfall of Ninveh, he must have been living after the fall of the Assyrian Empire. He must have been living at that time. But we're going to go with the traditional understanding that Nachum prophesied during Menashe's rule when the kingdom had was serving and was submissive to their Assyrian overlords. And the kingdom had, as a result, had to completely abandon Jewish tradition. And this is where Nachum says, Masan um, He's predicting the fall. And you're, if you read through chapter one, it's full of fury. El Kanov Hashem. God is a God of vengeance, a God of retribution. Nokem Hashem, Ubal God is furious. And chapter one is full of God's fury. Nokem Hashem God is going to take vengeance against his enemies. And he is um, not going to be um, bearing any grudge against his enemies. Hashem erech God usually is merciful, but here, God will not cleanse. Hashem He's coming in a, in a storm. He's coming in a whirlwind. Anan, avakrak love. With a cloud, with, with, with the dust of the desert. Go'er Bayam, he is the one who creates storms in the sea. Vayabashehu, he's the one who can, can, can dry up the sea. V'cholaner Otichriv, he can dry up the rivers. Vatisaha'aretz mipanav, the land heaves before him. V'tevel v'chol yoshreba, lifnei za'amo mi'amod. Who will stand before his fury? Who will stand with his anger? God's anger is like burning fire. It smashes rocks. And he continues in this vein. By the way, there is a really interesting Aleph Bet acrostic going through the first chapter. But essentially what we're seeing here in the first chapter is this notion of um, God's fury. And I want you to understand what is really happening here, right? Assyria hasn't only been the regional superpower for over a century, it's even conquered the Egyptian kingdom. It's a kingdom who has historical roots that even precede Avraham. Maybe this is the only way that we can understand um, God's fury in this chapter. I'll read a little bit from a wonderful book by uh, Rabbi Yaakov Beasley on Nahum um, it's a book called Lights in the Valley. I highly recommend it. And he says, and I quote, For a modern reader to comprehend how unbelievable Nahum's message must have sounded to his listeners, it helps to re- recall more recent historical events. Only several short decades ago in the 1970s, everyone, experts and lay people alike, believed that the Soviet empire was nearly indestructible. No one could have predicted the Soviet Union's rapid dissolution with the space of only a few years at the end of the 1980s. Nahum's listeners would have reacted with extreme disbelief upon hearing the apparent invincible Assyrian Empire would soon crumble. And he says the description of Nahum's prophecy as a chazon makes perfect rhetorical sense. He was predicting the demise and disappearance of an entity that had existed for over 1,500 years. End of quote. Uh, that's Rabbi Yaakov Beasley. 
But let's just understand that if you have a nation who have been controlling you for a hundred years, if you have a nation who have been uh, brought in a religious system of, of superstition and idolatry and all of that, and now God is saying, I am going to bring about their demise. This is going to happen with a huge amount of fury, with a huge amount of anger. And the, the, the firepower of God in this opening chapter of Nahum is really quite something. I would like to conclude today's podcast with talking a little bit about something from a connection from Parshat Shavua with our chapter and with much of what we've learned recently. And that is that in our Parshat Shavua, we have the Yud Gimel Midot HaRachamim, the famous 13 attributes of mercy. Hashem, Hashem, El Rachum V'Chanun, Erech HaPayim V'Rav Chesed V'Emet, Notzei Chesed L'Alafim, Notzei Avon V'Fesha V'Chata V'Nakeh, Lo Yenakeh, Poked Avon Avot Al Banim V'Avonei Banim Al Shileshim V'Arubim. These lines represent God's mercy. It's after the golden calf. And God has threatened to destroy the Jewish people, but God says he's willing to continue with the Jewish people. Um, and despite the fact that we have a tendency to sin, to continue to um, have a relationship with us. And this is the unveiling of what we call Midat HaRachamim, the notion that God uh, makes space for us human beings. What I want to say, though, is, well, we're familiar with this because we recite this in, in Shul, on Chagim, where you... It becomes a central part of our slichot service. It is the centerpiece of the slichot service. And many people will remember, as we say slichot in Kol Nidre and in Ne'ila, saying like a mantra, this 13 Midot Rachamim. But the interesting thing is it becomes a code throughout the Tanakh as well. And what do I mean? Well, after in the wilderness, after the great debacle of the uh, Miraglim, after the spies, uh, Moshe returns to these 13 attributes of mercy because these attributes of mercy are where God sort of shows his identity. And, um, and this is where um, Moshe turns around to God and prays to him. And he says, and I'm reading from Bamidbar, chapter 14. Hashem, erech hapayim v'rav chesed, nosei avon v'fesha v'nakeh lo yenakeh, poked avon avot al-banim al-shileishim v'arubiim, slachna l'avon ha'amazek godel chasdecha, v'ka'asher nasata l'amazek mimitzrayim v'adheina, v'yom ha'ashem salachti kidvarecha. In other words, in Parsha Kitisa, after the golden calf, God reveals these attributes of his mercy to Moses, but Moses recalls them to him after another sinful episode of the Miraglim, of the spies, and this leads to God forgiving the people. Well, what I'd like to say is that this appears in many of our chapters here in Treasar, and we've already seen it, for example, in the book of Yonah. Yonah said, do you know why I ran away to Tarshish? Do you know why I escaped from God? Because God is El Rachum V'chanun Erech Apayim Rav Chesed and the way we interpreted it was that he's saying to God, I appreciate that you're merciful, but where is your emet? Where is your sense of divine truth? I am Yonah ben Amitai. I am Yonah, the son of truth. When we read the book of Micha, we found that the book of Micha um, also played around with this. We, we, we quoted it in our last session. Mi el kamocha no se avon volver al pesha. This notion that you are nosei avon, over al pesha, yeshuv yerachamehu, you will be yerachamehu, el rachum v'chanun. In other words, 
what Micha is saying is that God is indeed uh, merciful. So, whereas with Yonah it's a claim, God, where's your truth? With Micha it says, you are indeed merciful, you will restore mercy. How about here in Nachum? Well, interestingly, in the 13 attributes of mercy, God says, Sometimes I cleanse, but sometimes sometimes I will not forgive at all. And that's indeed what we see here in Nachum, Pasuk Gimel. Hashem Erechapayim, God might be merciful, but Ugdol Koach, but he has a lot of power. But he will not forgive. What I'm saying is that there's this formula which we find in our Parshat Shavuah of God's mercy. And everybody has to grapple. Is God the merciful God or is God the angry God? Is God Din or is God Rachamim? As we open Nachum, we see an unleashing, a, a total unleashing of fury. The sense that uh, Assyria with all of their brutality, Assyria with all of their idolatry, Assyria who have expunged the Jewish religion from Jerusalem throughout the period of Manasseh, God is saying, your time is up. It is now going to be time to destroy you. Masan Ninveh. This is the poem, this is the vision which predicts the demise of Ninveh. And that is the introduction to the book of Nachum. Thank you for listening. And apologies that this went up a bit late today. Uh, Lehitra Ot, see you next week.